This episode is sponsored by SumUp, the payments provider for small businesses. Choose from in-store and remote payment solutions with no monthly cost. Visit sumup.co.uk. Welcome to First Voice Podcast, brought to you by First Voice Magazine, the official flagship magazine of the Federation of Small Businesses. FV is the go-to podcast for news, tips, and important information for small businesses. This particular episode is entitled COVID-19 and Cashless Payments, How Small Businesses Can Adapt, and it's brought to you by First Voice and Payments Specialists, Sum Up. The COVID-19 pandemic has understandably accelerated the use of cashless transactions, forcing company policies and consumer habits to shift all around the globe. In this podcast, we'll explore exactly what that means for small businesses and how they can adapt their payment strategies to survive and thrive in the pandemic and beyond. I'm John Watkins, your host for the podcast, and to discuss this crucial topic for small businesses, I'm pleased to say I'm joined today by Alex von Schirmeister from Payment Specialists Sum Up. Alex, welcome. Thank you, John. Thank you for the very warm, warm welcome and introduction. Okay, before we get into our detailed conversation, we'd like to just get the creative juices flowing a little bit um, and relax you with a 60-second quickfire Q&A about things that aren't directly related to this topic, but give us a, a little insight into you as a person. Uh, so let's kick off. Any unusual hobbies? Uh, I don't know if unusual, John, but I'm I'm currently studying for my WSET exam, which I'm sitting in January. So that's the Wine and Spirits Education Trust. So I guess wine and wine tasting and wine collecting is one of my hobbies. Sounds like a good hobby to me. How about your favorite band or musician? Oh, I've got to, I'm going to show my age here. Uh, probably toss up between Dire Straits and Pink Floyd. Great choices. Uh, what's the last movie you saw? And frankly, I've been doing quite a bit of catching up on movies that I've been wanting to watch and I just didn't have time for. So I, I think the last one was 1917, the Sam Mendes movie, yeah. which is probably about a year old. What inspires you? You know, John, this, this is going to sound a bit cheesy, maybe. But I think during lockdown, um, it's, mostly, it's mostly children. I, I, you know, I find, even in a conversation with my own children, but, but even with friends and their children in the younger generation, because parents and children are spending so much more time together and having actual thoughtful conversations, including conversations around the environment, around politics, mm-hmm. politics and kind of political consequences, um, I, I just really think that kind of the new generation is hopefully growing up much more involved um, and much more activist than certainly my generation was. So I'm, currently that's inspiring me right now this week. That's very insightful. Thank you. Mountain or beach holidays for you? I'm, I'm a mountains guy, uh, but I follow my wife to the beach quite often. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're a pizza or a pasta guy? I'm a pasta person. And finally, cats or dogs? Uh, I love big cats, but obviously you can't have those as a pet. I don't have any pets. If I did have a pet, it would be a dog, though, not a cat. Right. Now we're all relaxed uh, into this. Let's crack on with what we're really here to to talk about today. How have cashless payments helped retailers and other traders cope with COVID restrictions uh, and and, and help them reassure customers, Alex? Sure. Uh, John, I mean, uh, ironically, I guess cashless payments 
kind of suddenly found themselves very much in the conversation around the pandemic and COVID. Um, just because they happen to be a very convenient way not to physically touch uh, certainly cash, right? Whether that's bills or coins, uh, but now including even not even touching a card or a credit card because you can, uh, or a device, right? Because uh, with the contactless function, you can just hover your card over a device, or if you have your card programmed into your phone, you can use uh, Apple Pay and Google Pay for those payments. And, and so I think a phenomenon that we were watching anyway, mostly for convenience reasons, right? A lot of consumers just no longer want to go to an ATM and have to extract cash every so often, and they don't want to be pulling out the wallet as often. Um, this convenience phenomenon that we were observing regardless suddenly finds itself very much in uh, in the storm of the pandemic. And, and I think retailers very quickly understood that the additional benefit besides convenience for cashless payments was this notion of, uh, look, we're not handling, we're not physically touching cash and you can pay you know, even through a plexiglass window or through a plastic curtain. Um, and, and, and we just see retailers having adopted that very, very quickly if they hadn't already. Yeah, from a reassurance point of view, in terms of, being contactless and and within the restrictions, you can you can see the benefit there, can't you? Yeah, it's been I mean it's been uh, unbelievable to watch how retailers and especially the very small businesses and retailers and, and entrepreneurs how incredibly adaptive they've proven to be and how resilient they've proven to be and and obviously that doesn't take away from the the hardship and the suffering from having had extended lockdowns and many of them still being in a very fragile situation uh, you know I, I acknowledge that uh, but there is another effect, which is it, it has really brought out quite a bit of inventiveness and creativity. So we're seeing, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure, John, you've seen it, right? If, if you go to your hairdresser and you see how they've physically changed around their internal decoration and layout to make sure that they provide safety, right? Retailers that have put up windows or plexiglass, et cetera. It's, yeah. it's quite incredible. And I think, you know, payments and the way they've handled the payment situation and in many cases, to the extent that they've now adopted uh, payment devices or payment um, infrastructure they didn't have before, it's quite phenomenal. I, you know, I was even at a pizzeria a few months ago where they had kind of glued a payment device onto one of those big wooden pallets that you normally use to throw your pizza in and out of the oven. And so yeah. they were just you know, reaching out with this pizza pallet with a glued-on device on that. So uh, it, it, it just, it, it, it's kind of an example of how people are being creative and making sure that they maintain consumption and maintain safety for their clients while they're also obviously keeping their businesses going. Yeah, there's no doubt we've seen great adaptability and uh, flexibility. It's been really fantastic to see. It's, a, it's allowed a lot of small businesses to keep operating, right? You know, um, how is the current situation impacted payment volumes and whether there's been changes as a result of the pandemic? Yeah, they have. I and mean, we certainly see it at sum up, uh, John. I mean, obviously, because we, you know, um, we have hundreds of thousands of merchants that use the sum up devices, the data that we see in terms of the transactions they are performing, I think quite indicative of uh, certain trends. So there's a few few things we're seeing. The first one, obviously, are higher amount of card transactions and we can only assume that that is 
mostly because it's cannibalizing cash transactions. So many of these merchants that were doing a certain percentage of cash and a certain percentage in cards are just very, very heavily skewing towards more card transactions. Uh, the other thing we're seeing is that the average amount of these transactions is lowering slightly. And we typically attribute that to the fact that in many cases, and, and this, this is very different from one country to another, but in many cases, in many, especially continental European countries, um, consumers were still used to using cash for the smaller amounts, oftentimes because a merchant wouldn't accept a cart uh, for smaller amounts, um, or oftentimes just because you were used to using your, your you know, couple of coins, a couple of bills to still pay for your bread or your croissant or your coffee. Um, that is starting to go away. So now even those smaller transactions are being paid for with a card. Many merchants have taken away that, that restriction or limitation about the, the transaction limit. And so that's pulling down the averages slightly. Um, and finally, the other thing we're also seeing, though, is more contactless transactions of higher amounts. And as you probably know, the schemes, um, you know, MasterCard and Visa, et cetera, have worked with the banks and the payment authorities in most countries to increase the limit of contactless. In, in the UK, it used to be £30, and now that's £45. So you're now able to pay a higher amount uh, purely contactless without having to put or, sh- you know, shove your card inside a device and punch in your PIN. Yeah, I guess the message there is uh, that while restrictions are there uh, and we need to be contactless, the shift towards car payments was speeding up uh, and we were heading in that direction beforehand. Yeah, that's right. It it was very much a journey we were on. And if anything, I think the pandemic is accelerating some of these trends or um, or kind of phenomena we were seeing. Um, Again, I think the the starting place of different countries across Europe is very different. Uh, You know, we have have countries that were much more advanced in terms of car transactions versus cash transactions anyway. Um, Within countries such as the UK, we see certain cities that are more advanced than other cities. You obviously have kind of urban areas, rural areas. And what we're now seeing is a pretty significant acceleration and catch up uh, from most people to um, to more car transactions and within the car transactions more often than not to contactless car transactions. Yeah, and I guess for small businesses listening uh, to this, many will be using cashless payments, but some will not. And I guess they will be thinking about how to make that transition uh, and any security issues they may face. So, um, Alex, can you can you explain how they can make that happen? Yeah, well, John, I mean, that's very much the genesis of SumUp, to be honest. Right? When when we were founded, it was exactly on the principle of, look, this shouldn't be so difficult, right? How how do we make it incredibly easy for very small companies and entrepreneurs and traders to transition from cash to cart without having to go to the bank, without having to look at their entire IT infrastructure and the security and the insurances and, and very complicated. And, and, and not just some of, I think in general, you see many startups, uh, especially in the fintech space, but also other other tech spaces um, doing exactly that, just, just identifying the fact that there was a vast opportunity to render services much more simple, much more affordable, without all that legacy infrastructure that you know many of the banks and, and larger firms bring. Um, and, and so, you know, oftentimes what happens nowadays is a small firm that wants to get a cashless payment. Uh, you know, some of obviously an example of that, but, but you know, I'm aware we have competitors. Uh, we just make it really easy. You can order your device online and get it delivered to you in you know less than 48 hours. Uh, if you're really pressed, you can also walk into your local retailer, right? We we have 
many retailers across the UK and across Europe that, that sell the devices on their shelves. And once you have the device in your hands, you can set up a sum-up account online uh, in just a matter of minutes and then start transacting. Um, the, the, just, just the entire kind of ominous, oh, my God, I need a new infrastructure, I need a new process, we, we've just done away with that. And um, the way the, the actual billing or the pricing works in terms of taking a flat transaction fee off every payment, again, very easy, very transparent. There are, uh, you know, and, and again, this is true for most of these um, fintech startups. We're doing away with many of the complex uh, monthly maintenance fees and rental fees and, and hidden charges. I'm just making it really easy for small merchants to get their businesses up and running and so they can spend their time doing what they love, which is serving the clients and customers and less of their time having to worry about how do I get paid. Brilliant. Can you share some examples of successful implementations that you've seen, um, how this has helped firms, give them a, given them a competitive advantage? Yeah, I mean, in general, I think all, all merchants that have moved from pure cash acceptance to card acceptance, they're seeing their business grow, right? There's an actual revenue growth because you're no longer turning away business. You're not turning away a consumer that may be walking in the door and is not carrying any cash. Uh, and we're increasingly seeing that again, you know, oftentimes in certain urban areas, less and less consumers carry cash on them. And, and hence, they will seek out um, and, and they will very specifically and exclusively only go to businesses that take it, take a card. So it, it's become more than a competitive advantage. It almost becomes a competitive necessity. Uh, the other thing we've seen, and again, the pandemic has certainly accelerated many of these uh, particular examples. We're seeing businesses becoming quite creative in accepting payments in different ways. Uh, and we've certainly launched products to help them alongside as well. Uh, the most obvious one, when the lockdowns happened the first time around and, 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 you know, sadly now again, many businesses are not able to transact face to face, but they are still able to deliver their services or, or ship. Uh, again, many of those businesses didn't then have an online payment solution. They only had a payment solution where a physical customer standing in their shop with a cart was able to pay. Uh, we now have uh, Payment Link, which is a mobile payment solution. So a, a merchant can generate the payment on their device, whether it's a mobile device or a laptop or a computer. They can send the payment link via SMS or WhatsApp to a, merchant, uh, to, to a consumer. The consumer can then settle the payment on their mobile phone, and the payment is made. And obviously, many restaurants, caterers, for example, pubs, uh, are using that to take payment prior to then shipping out uh, shipping out food to a customer. And so, so that's a very good example where we've seen cashless payments and, and especially in this case, distance payments. Uh, and last example, maybe, John, I was, I was actually at the British um, Street Food Festival in Reading just last weekend. Right. Um, yeah. and, and just in time before this, this recent and more strict lockdown. And what ended up happening is because of the, at this point, it wasn't the lockdown yet. It was uh, phase two or phase three regulations in, in, in the UK. Uh, many of these food trucks were uh, being asked to serve the food to sitting customers at tables, which, of course, kind of defeats the whole purpose of people queuing up at a food truck. Uh, well, again, we, we were able to help in this case by allowing those food trucks to put their menu in an online store format, which we provided, which is a very easy way to basically create an online store. In this case, that online store just served uh, the individual menu items. The consumers sitting at tables were able to, uh, through a QR code, access those menus, order the foods, pay for the food online, 
and then the person from the food truck would just walk out to the table with a table number and deliver the food. So, so again, it's it's one example where we're seeing either industries or individual merchants very rapidly adapting and finding the right products in a product portfolio or in a payments ecosystem to not only survive, but to actually become very competitive during these times. Yeah, I think that's really interesting for our audience that payment offerings are not just offering an alternative during a restriction, but it's helping pivot their businesses so they can turn into delivery businesses, for example, um, allowing businesses to move online, for example. They might not be able to operate as a restaurant, but as an online delivery service, they can. Um, and those payment processes can really help with that. We did ask for some uh, questions in advance for, for people to send those in to us, um, things they, they, they wanted to ask. Um, first one of those, um, do you need to be tech savvy to use SumUp? No, you don't. And, and actually, it's, it's a big area of focus of ours to precisely make all of our services and products and devices uh, as user-friendly and as intuitive as possible, right there. When, when I look at our teams internally, it, it's probably one of our bigger teams are the, the kind of what we call the product and engineering team. And their focus is make sure that the usability of a product is, is so intuitive that anyone can use them. And, and I think the reality, John, nowadays um, – you know, I think our our merchants no longer need to look for these kind of boil the ocean, huge tech solutions that do everything, right? You can very easily just tap a foot in the water and start with something small. Um, you know, maybe depending on the business you're running, you're looking for an invoicing solution. Well, then, then you know, you can adopt an invoicing product, which is very easy to use. Yes, it may not have all the bells and whistles of integrating with your tax software and what have you not, but it will certainly do the trick for what many small merchants need initially. You know, same thing on the on the card payments. Uh, you don't need to go and run to your bank and set up an unbelievably complex, you know, IT secure infrastructure that talks to your cash register and your inventory systems. You can start by just taking card payments very easily and very quickly and very intuitively. And then there are always options to either upgrade those solutions or extend them. Um, we obviously work on trying to offer those upgrade solutions so that our merchants stay with us. But we also know that certain merchants merchants sometimes reach a critical size where they need products that are more sophisticated. But I'd certainly, I'd certainly to the non-tech savvy um, merchants that are listening to this, I would say, um, you know, tap Kind of tip a foot in the in the water, if you will. Um, There are many products out there that are incredibly simple to use, and they will certainly help you get started. And then the other, the other. Sorry, if 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 I'm kind of being a bit long on this, but talk talk to your um, talk to your to your peers. Right. The, The one thing we've observed, which which is quite heartwarming, especially during the pandemic, is we see in social media many of of merchants and many of our merchants um just exchanging exchanging stories amongst themselves exchanging best practices helping each other um you know we often see it oh i've seen it when i go to say organic food markets around london where i live where over time uh, i just see the adoption of of our sub devices you know initially at one booth or stall and then and then it's kind of three and four and then you know within a few months i I now see them kind of everywhere and a lot of that is just you know merchants are helping each other they're exchanging ideas they're talking to each other about what they're using and how to help each other 
does the card reader provide receipts? Yes, it, it does two ways, actually. We, we always provide an electronic receipt, and the merchant is then able to share that receipt via email, via SMS, or via WhatsApp with, with a client that just acquired something. Or we also have a card reader, um, which is kind of an, an um, you know additional piece of hardware that we sell alongside with a card reader. And so that's a printer for 3G card readers that actually prints a physical paper receipt. Great. Good to cover that. Uh, another question. Um, in your view, Alex, do you think these public health interventions will have a, a permanent effect on, on retail payments? I, I think they will, John, um, on, on various dimensions. Right, I, I do think a lot of these companies, big and small, that have fundamentally reinvented their, their um, business models, uh, those business models are not necessarily bad business models. They may have been triggered by a pandemic, but ultimately, um, some of them, I, th- I think, are here to stay. Uh, the way people buy online and buy their groceries online, where there, there's just been a lot in the British press around how people who were not doing grocery online shopping before have now adopted it and are likely to stay with it. Um, again, restaurants that have discovered that there's a uh, delivery business alongside maybe their physical business uh, may very well choose to stay with that. We certainly see a lot of the businesses that did kind of reinvent their business model during the first wave of the lockdown, and they just stuck with it during the second wave. Uh, sorry, after lockdowns ended, they stuck with that. They may have gone back to their core business model, but they didn't just completely eliminate the, the new business model they had invented. I, th- I think we'll see quite a bit of that. The um, the last one, and, and this is one where I think I'm, I'm more speaking of, of my personal hope um, rather than any evidence that, that we've seen yet, is I, I do think it's bringing about a national conversation around buying local, helping our local tradespeople, um, you know, certainly in our neighborhoods. Um, and I do think that there is an opportunity, uh, again, a hopeful opportunity that the fabric of, of the way our society consumes and the way that we also choose to, through our consumption, give back to local merchants and not always the obvious, very large, either international or national platforms, um, may, may just bring about, I think, a, a conscious consumption, uh, which is certainly very interesting. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, any final tips for, uh, for business owners trying to navigate cashless payment right now? I think my biggest tip is, uh, you know, don't be don't be intimidated, don't be afraid of it. Um, you know, when when you're a small business and a small merchant, or you're just starting an entrepreneur, you know, you want to worry about other things and how do you take payment? Um, and the reality is, the technology that we provide and the technology that other startups provide, not just in the payment space, but you know, I'm thinking insurtech, I'm thinking, um, you know, certainly fintech, I'm thinking of, of a lot of other services that are now being offered to small businesses. Um, we we can take a lot of the pain away. Right? We launched a, a campaign recently, saying, "Look, you know, complicated here is simple." And I think what we're trying to do in that campaign is we we acknowledge how difficult it is to build a business and to keep a business up and running and to grow the business. We'd love to just be able to take at least one pain point away from businesses, which is the payment side. Um, you know, I, I think because of technology. Our merchants have opportunity to to have a lot of these smaller things just taken care of quite simply so that they can focus on serving their customers and growing their business, which I think is what they all want. Alex, I think that brings us to a good conclusion for this episode of our 
um, regular podcast. It, it, it just remains for me to to thank you for sharing those insights and for the guidance on how small businesses can adapt in this difficult time, um, but also equip themselves for the future. Uh, for those of you listening today, do please keep an eye out for future episodes of the First Voice podcast uh, as we explore other topics that can help small businesses move forward. Many thanks. This episode is sponsored by SumUp, the payments provider for small businesses. Choose from in-store and remote payment solutions with no monthly costs. Visit sumup.co.uk.